You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. God Identity Podcast. We are a faith-based platform where we influence creatives to live authentically in pursuit of their purpose. So if you're passionate about impacting lives, monetizing your gifts and talents, and you desire to grow a relationship with God, then tune in to our podcast. We are so glad to have you a part of our community. Welcome back to the God Identity Podcast. I am your host, Arnesia. And on today's episode, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Felisa Williams. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? Good. I'm doing wonderful. I'm so glad you actually came on. We actually briefly met at the mall. And um, just to give you a little bit of a background, we were just having conversation And um, she was telling me a little bit about her story about child loss and then also how she helps women who are dealing with child loss. So um, grieving through, uh, dealing with the grieving part of child loss. So she's going to give a little bit more about her story. And I thought it would be a wonderful episode because I do understand that in this time right now, we are all kind of like experienced um, some sort of loss. And I feel like we need to hear more from someone who has that experience. And I think it's very unique that you have the ability to just help women who are dealing with child loss. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your story, about what made you go in the route of, um, to go in this route of leading women and empowering women who have dealt with child loss? Um, so I lost my son in 2006 and, um, for a while, um, I probably stated for a while I was in a state of depression, but, uh, I, I was functioning because I had other kids. Um, I, I even have a daughter who has a rare bleeding disorder called Glansman's thrombostenia, um, which is really, really rare. And even during the time of you know, preparing and making arrangements for my son. She was going through one of her ordeals. Actually, she was four and we had to carry her through the funeral because she was having joint bleeds. Um, so I was actually like stuck for a while, but I was still functioning, going to work, taking care of the kids, but I was depressed and more depressed and more depressed. And just one day I was, you know, people would you know, it would happen every now and again. People would reach out like, hey, can you say something to such and such? You know, they just lost their son or this, that, and the other. And one day it just hit me. I was like, this is your purpose. Like, you got to figure out how to reach people because people are reaching out to you, but you're, you know, you are you aren't doing anything. And just preparing through that, um, taking grief courses, even though I had the real life experience, but, you know, taking public speaking, doing different things that, you know, I can be an effective mentor and just, you know, be there to cater them, cater to them through everything and just, you know, let them know like, okay, so if you're feeling this way during this process, even um, being beside them, making the arrangements or whatever, or whatever that it is that I could do. So. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so you've had your own personal experience and you felt that this was your calling. Yes. 
Okay, amazing. And so usually that's how things work when it comes to us finding our gifts. So how did you figure out a way of like that you would be okay with using your gifts? Was it like a step-by-step process that you had to um, go through? How was it coping with knowing that this is something that you're called to do? Um, at first, I because when you're dealing with people and when they've lost someone, you don't want to be like, hey, this is what I do or whatever, because it to me, it started out seeing like insensitive. But so I sat there and then people would people that was close to them started saying, hey, you should contact Felisa. Um, she, you know, she she lost her son in 2006 and she kind of, you know, know, probably know how you're feeling or whatever. And so I started a t-shirt line um, called Queen Up because um, my, I did lose my son my, by my neighbors having an altercation trying to stop a domestic violence. So I thought that was it at first. Like, let me speak about domestic violence or whatever. That That's what I thought was it. And then it was like, uh, I had speakers come from everywhere. I traveled to, I was in, like, traveled to New York, different places, um, but it just didn't feel like it was it. Like, that's that, that's not it. And, uh, you know, I had worked with different organizations with um, domestic violence, teen dating violence, even though it was because it was service service to I was like, oh, I, it still wasn't it. And then when I started doing my own thing, like, OK, let me start doing balloon releases and kind of, you know, making posts and talking about grief and dealing with grief. And then people were like, hey. You know, people would inbox me like, hey, that that's you. This this is what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know, and I'm still like, are you sure? Like, you're sure? Like, yeah, that's 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 your natural element. Like you can talk about that all day and it's fine. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a it was a process trying to figure like, hey, well, I guess I'm supposed to do it, but it was like, nah, it's not, it's you know what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. So people are confirming this gift that you have. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. So that's a good gem to know. I did hear you mention um, insensitivity. And that's actually something that I am being mindful of right now is what do you um, do? How do you, how do you, how does, how should one go about holding conversation with someone who has just lost a loved one or um, their child, or even if it's, they're still grieving, how do you deal with people who are grieving? What are some things that you can tell us about that? Um, the first thing that I always tell people is grief is just the love that you didn't get expressed. It's just the left it, the, the leftover. So you, with that, you can do anything. You can start a foundation. You can like just knowing that part and it gets you to, you can finally understand like, oh, okay, so I can use that because it's love, like all the love that I didn't get to express, didn't get like on the physical, I can do anything. I can start to heal. I can process that, hey, I can still go on. I can still remember them, like just in remembrance of anything that I want to do, even if I just want to say it every day or whatever. Um, me when I reach out to people because most people I like I don't even look for people people who are connected to them always like call Felisa or they'll say they'll inbox me or they'll message me can you call such and such or whatever and I usually give them a, a you know some a couple of days some time and I just say hey um such and such told me to reach out to you 
whenever it is, whenever you need me, I'm here. And eventually they do. I don't try to push it on because it's our own experience. Everybody, they experience it different. They experience it on their, on their own. Um, but I did start like the latter part of 2001. I started um, kind of just focusing. I still focus on the whole family, but the children because children are left out because people tend to think children don't understand or don't feel mm -hmm. grief, but they got they like we just have to understand that children have their own bond especially with their siblings it's some stuff that we'll never know we kept stuff from our parents like it's some stuff they never know you know they have their own special bond and then it's broken and people are focusing on the parents and they're wondering why the child is sleepy in school because they stayed up all night because they missing a routine or something mm -hmm. so I created these workbooks for children um to understand grief and even just interactive just some activities in there well they you know they might catch a laugh in there because it's like you know I got a page in there hey I still hold our secrets and they remember you know just a, just a feel good understanding type thing oh that's amazing what's the name of the book um it is I have two uh -huh. it's my best friend sleeps in heaven oh. and understanding grief for kids Oh, amazing. And these are workbooks. Yes, they are workbooks. Where can people find them? Um, they can contact me directly. Um, I do have a link, but I'm in the process of linking it to my website. Uh -huh. So most people are just contacting me directly um, via my Facebook, Felicia Williams or Queen Up on Facebook. Okay. And um, amazing. I love the idea of creating workbooks for kids. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing because literally, I think a lot of times it's, I don't know if it's maybe it's our culture or something, but we have a very, we, we limit kids from expression. Um, growing up, I did not have a place to, ex like, I didn't feel like I had a place to express myself. It was always do as I told you to do or do it. Like, I don't remember because I lost my mom, you know, any type of loss can mm -hmm. affect the kid. And when a kid doesn't have the ability to express themselves or even have that counseling, that's needed, you know, especially at a young age, because, you know, kids pick up a lot of things at a young age, that's a sensitive time. So um, your workbooks, are they, what age range are they for? Um, the first one, the understanding grief, it's from five to 12 okay. and this one is the my best friend sleeps in heaven is for teens teens okay yeah. so but most adults that have purchased them for their kids they're like oh I'm using this so I had to order them some more <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to order them some more so yeah. it's helpful to everybody it's just yeah. on the cover <laughs> right right amazing so I think it's important too to like what signs should parents be paying attention to when their child is grieving the loss of their sibling um them being reclusive just you know they're not talking as much probably um and you pay attention if you fix their favorite foods and it might have been their both of their favorite foods and they kind of shy away from it um 
just like really not talking grade slipping in school because nobody can you know they just assume hey they just don't understand that they don't get it they need a tutor no they might need to talk about how they're feeling you know especially when it comes to birthdays the death date um special days because it's no more and then the thing about grief is it is continuously evolving because once you're out of the elementary stages and the teen stages you're an adult now and you kind of realize um if it's especially if it's only two of you guys I won't be an aunt Mm -hmm. I you know I you know those things start to come so Mm -hmm. it's it's a forever thing right but it's manageable it is wow 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 okay so this is good to know um and keep in mind too and so what are ways that like parents can even like be practicing mindfulness? Like, do you do anything regarding mindfulness? Um, I do. And it's also in the book. I have mindfulness activities. Um, I'm actually starting in February um, uh, interactive because I'm a certified grief specialist. So I'll have like a playtime with me, like v- virtual since COVID is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll do some interactive things virtually. Um, and in the book, it also, in the workbook, it also tells you like, find, you know, the parents can do um, like a dinner date. Like they can make the favorite food of the person who's gone and try to just make it a fun activity, you know, just different, different things. Right, right. Okay. And even now, like, let's say someone, you know, lost their child 10 years ago. Um, would How would you, what are some ways, and they're still kind of grieving that loss. Um, is there, what about group activities or being a part of a group? Do you um, recommend or is there anything to recommend in that sense? Yes. Um, if you can, if they, if you can find a support, like a grief um, support group, somewhere near you is good to do that at least once a month sometimes people need twice a month um especially like when they don't have a close family to talk to or whatever um I offer a grief support group it is virtual also and we not only just talk about the grief but we talk about different things um some people get ideas on like I say starting their own foundation or just different ways to celebrate the life of the person. Um, I actually, I have one friend, one mom um, who started a butterfly garden in memories of her son. So you, anything can happen in the group, you know, but you have that support because you have that like, my, you know, people who've lost a kid or just anybody. And they just, everybody knows, you know, it's that connection. Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing. And so too, like, I'm thinking of the identity of the person. Um, When dealing with loss, one can feel different within themselves. So their world can go from feeling like 100 to feeling like zero the next. And I'm thinking of like, what are some things that we should be mindful of in ourselves? Like, let's say, you know, parents lost a child, a parent has lost a child, and um, they just aren't aware of the difference in themselves. So can you share with us how one can affect, how grief can affect one's identity? Oh, yes. Um, Like I say, depression, um, they may gain weight, they may lose weight, they may not be as excited about 
things that they were excited about before, um, even years on down the line, um, they can like you're just happy. You're you're happy. Even in, you can be planning a wedding or anything. You're happy, and then that thought of oh, they won't be there, and then it'll come crashing down. But the the main thing that I say think about is that you know I don't know anybody's religion or however, but they're always close. Like you, the love that you have keeps them close. So just continue to just you go to therapy if you feel like you need to go to therapy or something's going on you feel any type of way I always say therapy is the best tool mm-hmm. um to help you recognize unsafe feelings that you know because some people have those feelings of they can't go on or whatever so I I immediately get you know get help with that but um journaling journaling helps um even especially going up to times to their birthday or whatever just journal um find ways to celebrate within yourself if you want to take yourself out to dinner or have a brunch or something just anything that makes you feel better because people sometimes people can be um insensitive and like you know she should be over it by now or he should be over it by now but you got to let people feel the process because that's the only way like you have to feel it in order to face it, to keep going and to go to get through it. It's not going to be, it's not ever going to go to go away, but you'll have better days. Right, right, right. Oh, I love this. And also I was thinking too, as you're speaking is that, um, you know, even though you focus on helping women who's lost, uh, who has lost their child, um, grief can be used in different it can it it occurs in different areas so it's not just that um it's the loss of a child but also griefing and loved one anyone Mm -hmm. right so I just want to kind of give that clarity out in case there's anyone's listening and I think that it's only this is only dealing with a child loss but I feel like it has to do with grief along the borders um because I see you're speaking and I'm thinking of how can I be there for my friend who has lost their parent you know and that's important too because not only is it that you've not only are parents affected by the loss of their child but a young child that's affected by the loss of their parent it can be life-changing right um it can affect them experiencing that with a friend now I was like thinking talking to her and I'm like how do you have conversation with someone who's dealing with grief and I don't want to feel insensitive, you know? So I'm just thinking for the person that's the friend of someone who's lost a loved one, how can that friend be there for them? You know, how, what's to the extent that we should make moves of sending care packages or, you know, if they don't want to be bothered, how does one go into that sense of like still being there? What are some mechanisms you can recommend? Okay, so if when you're when when the other person is going through and you're that friend, if they don't want to be bothered, back off because that's still being there. That's that's letting them know that you're giving them space. You're creating the space for them to feel whatever it is that they need to feel. And then when they want to come back, when they're coming back around, because people kind of get into oh well she didn't want me around this that, and the other it, like it, it's a lot going on in here so mm-hmm. I can't and they gotta be comfortable with people 
not comfortable speaking about it at that moment or feeling you know however they are feeling at that moment around people some people like because I'm a self-soother I I I don't like to be like, I, I self-soothe like, oh, okay, so I, I feel better so I can go around my friends because I don't want to put that energy off th- off on them, even though I know they care and they'll love me to death through it. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to, I'll be careful of the energy I transfer. Right. Um, so even like the care package, you the friend, you know exactly what they like. I, I do it to my friends all the time. I go sit on their porch, ring the doorbell, hey, and, you know, go and they'll text later, you know, I thank you or whatever. So it's just the the, the friendship, just be there. However, um, if they want to talk about it, just listen. If you don't understand, don't give the advice. Just, you know, try to help them work through it. Right, right. The advice part, because sometimes it's like, people who like for instance I'm an empath I like to help people sometimes I don't know what to say (laughs) so it's like you know you know I'm I'm like how do you not ask the wrong question like (laughs) how do you bring up anything for them to talk about but one thing I did realize is that you know um she you know she was able to just express herself because you're in the company of someone you know, uh, when they open up that door of, I want you in my space, sometimes you just sit in silence and, t- and let them talk. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I've learned too. So, um, wow. And, and and also too, when it comes to, you do grief counseling, right? Or, yeah. okay, group, okay, grief coaching. So yes. how would one, what would be like an, uh, what would be a good, example of what that session would look like like a little bit of um what you would provide or anything of that sort um so we start we the initial we start out with the an emotional wheel um and your your close your support circle how who do you who do you feel is your support circle and your emotional wheel where are you right now and if it's somewhere where you need a therapist then I automatically refer you out but if it's something that you like we can talk about we can work through we can write about it because we do a lot of journaling um that we can we can work through and then you know we do that we do that for an hour we talk you know we laugh you cry it's all about expressing the emotions like you know like what what memory do you have that the funniest memory or something like that because it's it's emotion it's the love you got to get it out you got to get it out the feel and the more laughter you know we have those times we're gonna cry and then you after you cry you feel better like okay (laughs) you know see you see you next month or whatever and sometimes just laugh so hard like I can't believe we did that that was (laughs) that was crazy but that's that's just how we work work it out like how how are you when you in the, when you come in the door how you feeling and we work it out there's no bad way no good way just let us let us feel the session okay good 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 i love that you allow us to be able to um you allow people to be able to be open about themselves and uh, and, and and feel the moment 
because that's that's really much needed. So if there's anyone listening and they feel as though they want to give a coaching session, try. Um, Felisa is here and she will help get you through the moment. And is it just for that one day? Um, it, however long you need me, you can book. We can we can do it. <laughs> we can do it. Amazing, amazing. So I love that I wanted to revert back to the teen dating violence. Um, because with that, um, I did see that on your website. So with that, I know you had a little bit of a background too in domestic violence too. So when it comes to teens, what are some things that you should, that teens should keep in mind when it comes to dating? Like what are those signs that they should be mindful of when it comes to dating? Um, the first thing, the, the first thing I, I need them to remember is your teen. You don't belong to anybody but your parents. Mm. So that, let me hold your phone. Let me check your phone. Where you at? This, that, and that. That is not okay. That is not okay. And to just live life as a team, you don't have to be tied down. You're, you're a team for once. So whatever age that you start dating, um, um, possessiveness, uh, hitting of any sort none of that is okay mm. leave immediately leave immediately and tell an adult even though you know our teens they sometimes think they grow on telling the adult because that's not okay and then sometimes it's learned behavior so yeah just keep an eye out on that and just just be a teen yeah, that's good advice. That's really good advice. And I think that even sounds like it applies to women today, adults, you know, because um, that same type of behavior not only happens in teenagers who are dating, but also in, in adults as well. So um, exactly. mm-hmm. last year we had more men in domestic violence situations than women. Really? Yes. Wow. I would have never known. Wow, because yes, there is an emphasis on men being the ones who are the abusers, but sometimes it can be women. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm so glad you're able to share with us the insight of what it is, the importance of even having a grief um, coaching, a grief coacher who's here to provide those strategies. I love the fact that you go in different areas of not just um, not just helping parents who've lost a child, but also children who have lost the, their sibling. And so um, their sibling, their best friend, classmate, just all in all. It's amazing. And it's needed in our community. Um, you're currently, you have a group, right? A, a, yes. a community group. And what's the name of the community group? It's Mommies of Angels. Um, we actually changed the name last year for the on the Facebook um, group is Guarded by Angels because we got more men and we're like, yeah, kind of need to change the mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. we have men speakers every December um, around my son's birthday. I have a um, big event kind of um, uh, semi-formal of this big event for um, the parents who've lost kids. This, last year, December, I forgot we in the new year, 
Um, it was totally geared towards kids. Um, and it was so fun. I had um, a lady, she came in, she taught kids how to do CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing is when our kids get old enough to babysit, we be gone. <laughs> we're like, okay, they can babysit. Or when we're hiring babysitters, um, and it's usually like a friend of our friend, you know, a friend of our friend. And what happens when something goes wrong? Nobody knows CPR. Nobody knows, you know, what to do. So that was very special with that being that in October, I lost my nephew with whom, which I had raised half of his life. Well, yeah, cause he was 14 and um, he just, he collapsed and it, you know, they waited his his old one of his sisters she kind of knew cpr but it took my stepmom and my aunt to come over and do cpr to the ambulance came so that was the most important of the event to me but the kids had a ball they were they were excited um it was it was wonderful it was in in his honor and i think i'm gonna do it again this year for the kids also <laughs> yeah Oh, that's amazing. And it sounds like you have a really good heart for the kids because it we we need, they need that support. So yes. is this, was last year the first time you did it? The, last year was the first time I did it for the kids in December. Okay. I usually, um, because my son, and my son's birthday is in December, so I usually do that big event in December, but um, I lost him in May of 2006 so I actually here in Georgia in Warner Robins I have a proclamation so on May 19th the day that I um buried him on I have a proclamation here so I usually have this big event I have um bounce houses uh anything that you can name even the um we have a grief um lady here she had she has horses so she does that with the horses so they come in it's just a lot of fun. So, and it's usually in May, but I kind of switched around <laughs> this year. So, yeah, I don't even know if I'll go back to the parents. I'll just keep giving them gifts. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. I love the idea. I love the fact that you're doing it around the time is the loss of your son as well. Um, that is inspiring. I would definitely say that you're doing something that is impacting the community and it's much needed. And I'm definitely praying blessings for you because I know that it can be a very tough thing to get through the process of just kind of like living that out, living out that lifestyle. And it takes a lot of strength. So you're doing amazing. Um, Continue to impact those who are in um, your life and those who come are soon to come how what's tell us a little bit about queen up because queen up inc is the organization um how can people find queen up okay um so my website is queenupinc.com i'm on facebook and at queen up instagram it's queen up underscore seven um like i say it started it years after being depressed um trying to figure out what was my purpose like why is this happening to me what I need to do and um I actually interned at a place um that dealt with domestic violence and teen dating violence so I got that experience and going to the schools doing teen dating violence seminars and things of that 
And so, and now I am a um, domestic violence advocate <laughs> here. So, and case manager. So it's kind of still in my, I, I just love people. Mm-hmm. I love working with people. Um, I am an empath also. So, <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, you sure you're okay? And then I, I have those moments I'm in the store and people want to tell me their whole life story. And I was like, I just want eggs. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about what uh, 2022 has in store for Queen Oak. Mm, absolutely and the momentum that you continue to build upon queen up it's going to be something that's going to impact more lives and i'm glad you're actually able to join us today um this is going to be very helpful for someone i know that there's going to be at least one person that can find um encouragement in this message so um is there anything that you want to leave with us that's going to be um helpful um, I would just say again that grief, just understanding that grief is just love that we have left over that we didn't get to share, but we can still express it. Um, if you feel have unsafe feelings or thoughts to get, reach out, find a therapist, psychologytoday.com. Um, they have great in, in whatever area that you're living in. Um, most people are doing virtual and just continue like know that it's never ending. It's a never ending process, but it gets better. It gets better. Keep your circle, your, your loved ones close. And when you don't feel like being bothered, just let them know and just come around and just remember to love on you, to love your, the, that's the most important part. Just love on you and don't just be gentle. My friend had to tell you, be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because we can beat each other, we can beat each other up, we beat ourselves up mm-hmm. because we start thinking, what if, especially like some of my moms, like they they took their child to the hospital or doctor and it was okay. Like my nephew, he went to the hospital, he went to the doctor, he got his prescriptions. The next day he still transitioned. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the people they like well, I don't know, you know, I did the best I can. Like, there's nothing that you can do. Understand that there's nothing you can do. It's going to happen at whatever point, whatever time. It's still going to happen. Be gentle with yourself, love on yourself. And just know that there are people out here that's going to help you, that can help you get through it. Feel better at that moment because I learned you may be having a bad moment, not a bad day. We always say, oh, it's just such a bad day. No, it's a bad moment. Mm-hmm. We can move from that. We can transition from that. We can pick ourselves up if we got to go get some chips or some lemonade, whatever it is. It's a bad moment. Moments pass and we'll be okay. That is amazing. I love how you broke down the moment. I, I, I have to have you touch a little bit on the guilt side of it. Um, the guilt of not someone who's lost a loved one, who feels as though they didn't do um, enough to keep them there, or maybe they did something that, you know, that to prolong their fight, you know, for someone who's having hope and they're on the ventilator or they're there or in there in ICU and they're just, you know, they're unable to respond, but the family's still believing that something is going to happen, that change is going to happen. How does one get through that guilt? You got to understand that it's not in our hands. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, it's not in our hands. 
Um, and there's nothing that you, because I, I did it to myself for years because I had medical training. I'm a medical assistant. I had medical training. But yet at that moment and being a mom, my son was backed over and just the mom in me picked him up. The, let, you know, after everything settled, the funeral and everything, the medical assistant, like, you know, you, you probably shouldn't, you, you know, you shouldn't have moved him because that's your training, you know, like, but the mama and me picked him up. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to go. We got to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And God is so amazing. I, you know, just, just mm-hmm. so amazing because the person driving me could see so the damage, what happened. And every time, and I, every time I looked down and I looked at him, nothing changed. Like, it, I, I knew that it had happened. And I can look at him and I didn't see what they saw. They saw the swelling of his head and this, that, and other. But God shielded me from that. I did not see that. Yeah. So I say God is so amazing because even viewing, like viewing the body, like during the hospital after they told me that he was deceased and they told me and my ex-husband, like just wait in this room, they accidentally put me in the room with his corpse. Mm. And those are visions that for years every time I close my eyes I would see before I go to bed so I started sleeping with the tv on so you got to be you know you got to be aware of if you don't feel like you can process and you can handle going to see the body or whatever because at that moment when I saw that at the hospital at that moment when I started making funeral arrangements I said dress him close it and I'm gonna put a picture mm-hmm. because I know what it did to me mm-hmm. and my kid my other kids have to come here because he was my last child mm-hmm. my other kids gonna have to come here I don't want them I, I want everybody vision of him to be how it was when they last saw him however that was whether he was throwing a football or whatever because he was a busy mm-hmm. little boy so if you don't think that you can it's perfectly fine to say this is what I want because mm-hmm you're respecting you you're being gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. some people may get upset because you don't want to show the body or whatever however because it is so much with grief right and if you're because people gonna leave you know they're gonna go back to work they're gonna go to back to school they're gonna whatever and you're home kids going to school and you're dealing with you you're dealing with your ins and those visions going to come. So if you don't think you can handle that, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. Yes. Amazing. Wow. 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 That part it's, um, it's what, how old was he actually? He was, two. he was two. Okay. And so this even extends to age, age, it matter. It doesn't matter so much. Cause I feel like there's a connection there either way. What how what about age of the child loss? It it's it's a connection. Like you say, it's a connection either way. It doesn't matter. It's it's your child. Even I, I have mommies who had miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're still presented with you know, at the hospital, they, you know, they wrap them or whatever. Um, and that's still your choice. Mm-hmm. That's still your choice. You can, you, like, you can actually, because I had my dad to, um, after they dressed him, because my dad worked at the funeral home also. So after they dressed him, 
I had them take pictures and I would look at them when I was ready. Right. And I don't, and it took, like, I don't care, you know, you got to prepare yourself, being gentle with yourself. And I would, I had known a lot of that I know now, then, and I probably wouldn't have been stuck in depression for so long, just operating, just going to work, operating, going to school, doing this, doing that, just, and getting that understanding and, and knowing that I have a choice to me and my mind on the years to come. Mm-hmm. that's the that's the part I feel like is important and that's why you're here the things that people may not know they may not understand you have the the resources you have the help you have the gift to help get them through the moment now because it can be five years from now um, they'll look back and wish that they would have known the things that you know now that's actually helpful yes right yeah okay awesome awesome so again this is Felisa she is on she has a website called queenupinc.com. That's queen up, like the arrow up and inc.com. Um, that's where you can actually find out more ways, um, more information about the organization. Also book a, a coaching session with her. She's also on social media as well. Can you give us your Facebook and Instagram again? Um, my Facebook is queen up and my Instagram is queen up underscore seven. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So those are ways that you can reach Felisa. So thank you again for joining us today. Um, I know someone's been impacted and um, we're excited to see what's to come for you in 2022. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're so welcome. So again, y'all, if this podcast episode has been in any way, shape or form helpful, please leave your comment in the link that is provided as well to connect it to this podcast episode we would love to hear your feedback and also um, if there's any ways that you would need help with when it comes to getting through your grieving moment again reach out to felisa and she can help you out with that so y'all take care thank you for for listening and we'll be back with another episode soon thank you.